0: You're listening to the Kin Podcast, episode number 14. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Thanks for tuning in to the Kin Show, a podcast where we explore the intersections of parenthood and faith. In today's episode, let's talk centering prayer. Now, in the last episode of the podcast, last week, I talked about discernment, discerning the will of God, and making choices. Choosing between two things can be really difficult especially when sometimes they don't have to do with you. In last episode, I told a story about having to make a very, very important decision for my kid and how I, I hope, discerned the will of God. And I explained how the best way that I can do that is through centering prayer. And I promised to explain all about what centering prayer is today on this episode. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to talk about centering prayer which is my favorite method of prayer, how I came into it, how I got to know about it, what it actually is, how I do it, how often I do it, and what's the point of it. It's kind of a lot. I'm going to try and summarize. Really difficult because it's something so beautiful, so complex. But I'm going to give you a summary of Centering Prayer and why it is so important to me to give you an idea of how important it is to my life. Last night, I looked over at JJ and I was like, hey, JJ, haven't you noticed that we've been getting along so well lately? And he's like, yeah, we have. And I'm like, you know why? And he's like, why? I'm like, centering prayer. And he's like, oh yeah, you've been doing your prayer? And I'm like, I have, I have. And that's why we're awesome. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. So today, I'm going to tell you all about it. So you too can enjoy some of the fruits, the peace of mind the awesomeness that comes with centering prayer. All right, let's do it. All right, so today's episode is all about centering prayer. And before I get into what centering prayer is, I want to tell you about how I came to find out what Centering Prayer is all about and kind of the first time that I met Centering Prayer. Now, I didn't know that for years and years and years and years, my mom practiced Centering Prayer. And she had all these books about it, uh, especially the book that I'm going to talk about today in the episode. She had them there. She did all this Centering Prayer work, and I had no idea growing up. But later, when a friend of mine talked to me about Centering Prayer... I was intrigued. You know, she, she's a good friend of mine. And you probably know her if you have ever checked out my Everyday Salt project. Her name is Antonella. She's a wonderful writer. And she invited me to this prayer group. And I had never been in a prayer group before. But my mom had been for, you know, I think it's been like two decades or something. That she's been in this prayer group with the same group of women. Some of the women come and go you know, as life happens and tragedies happen and people move and then they come back and all this stuff. But the group has stayed strong and Antonella invited me to form part of a prayer group and I was intrigued. I was like, you know, I really like what my mom has in her group. I'll check it out. And I was at a stage in my life where I had kind of rekindled my faith. And it's not that the faith had ever gone away. It's that I had never really understood my faith as strongly as after I had kids. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast before about how, you know, having children for me, really, it made it all of the things that I had heard about in church, all the things that people, you know, say in CCD classes and things like that, it kind of made, finally made sense to me, you know, unconditional love made sense to me. The 10 commandments, a lot of them like didn't make sense to me that much until I had a child and I could understand. It was more practical and I could tangible, you know, I, I tangibly could understand holding this child, what these things meant. So that's kind of where God met me. And so Juan Jose was, I don't know, maybe like a year old, year and a half, when Antonella invited me to this prayer group and I was intrigued and so I went to the first meeting and I can say there was definitely more more of us at that first meeting than there are now (laughs) you know people trickle out after they hear what what it's all about so anyways at this first meeting Antonella kind of described a little bit about centering prayer what the format would be for the prayer group and that we would all go to a retreat and I went to the retreat, which was about a month later. And in that retreat, they described Centering Prayer for me. And I fell in love, not only with the practice of the Centering Prayer itself, but also the fruits that came from it. Um, I've been doing it on and off for the past two plus years. It's been, has it been three? I'm not even sure at this point. It might be three. It's been a wonderful, wonderful practice for me to incorporate into my life. And I'm excited to share it with you. It's not for everybody. It's definitely not. But, you know, you can make it your own. And I think it's just interesting to learn about it. Even if you never do it, there are some interesting concepts that I learned through Centering Prayer, like at that retreat, that even if you never did a single minute of Centering Prayer in your life, you know, learning about the false self and all these things that I'll talk about today are really, really powerful. So let's talk about what centering prayer is. Centering prayer is kind of like meditation, sort of, you know, I'll attempt to explain in a few minutes, a topic that entire books have been written on, you know, but I'll say this centering prayer is all about intention. You know, it's kind of like the intention of letting God and the Holy spirit into your heart. And that sounds kind of funky, but hear me out. (laughs) I once had a, um, my, one of my mom's friends from her prayer group told me that all she has to do is put her intention, put her part, which is 1% and God does the rest, which is 99%. She's like, all I have to do is sit and try and that's enough. So what do you actually do with centering prayer? So this is what you actually do in centering prayer. You take a comfortable position, enable you to sit still. I like to sit upright, my two feet square on the floor, hands on my thighs, and you close your eyes. And basically kind of like half the world disappears because we usually think most about what we're seeing. So if you close your eyes, your thoughts will diminish, but your thoughts actually won't go away. You know, the whole point of Centering Prayer Is to slow down your thoughts. Now, I don't know how aware of this you are, but your thoughts are cray cray. Like they are going nonstop all the time, all day, no matter what you're doing. Now, have you ever noticed, let's say you're you're walking in your house, you're walking down the hallway to the bathroom, because you left your phone in your bathroom, and you're gonna go get your phone. But while you're walking down the hallway, you see a picture in the corner of your eye of that family trip you took to Italy and suddenly you're walking to the bathroom. Your physical body is putting one foot in front of the other to get to the bathroom to pick up your phone, but your head is in Cinque Terre thinking about the waves and that boat that we rented. And do you remember that tourist that was really mean when we were trying to get on the bus, and I kind of screamed at her? And do you remember what she said? And then do you remember that pasta place? And then do you remember? And then do you remember? And your mind is in Italy, but your physical body is walking to the bathroom, picking up your phone, and then walking back out. Or have you ever walked into the bathroom and come back and been like, what was I coming here to do? Because I already forgot because my mind was in Italy. That is how cray cray our thoughts can be. One of my favorite websites is raptitude.com. And in it, David Kane, which I previously interviewed on my process podcast, he shared the following quote that I loved. This is what he had to say about the thinking mind. The thinking mind is like a perpetually running chainsaw that thinks everything is a tree. It will use any excuse to rev up and start shredding something. Its purpose is to solve problems. So it wants everything to be a problem. And doesn't that make a ton of sense? It's like your, your mind never stops. So when you sit down and centering prayers, like I said, it's sort of like meditation. You sit down, kind of trying to be in an upright position, good posture, your hands on your thighs or your legs and you close your eyes and you start to try, (laughs) try being the operative word here, to slow down your thoughts. And it's more difficult than it seems because the thoughts, they are nonstop, like I said. But the purpose of centering prayer is not to have any thoughts at all. Like that's not the point. You practice centering prayer by letting go of thoughts as they come up. Now in Centering Prayer, what is recommended is to choose one word, your sacred word. I remember when I first started, I used heal me, which is not one word, it's two, but you know, whatever. And you're supposed to come back to the sacred word to kind of divert from those thoughts. So when you're sitting in Centering Prayer, your eyes close in a comfortable position. And you're trying to get your, your thoughts to slow down but then you start thinking about soccer practice, which is going to be really hot and humid and you can't, you don't want to go and the ants on the floor. And then you realize that you've been thinking. And so you go back to your sacred word, heal me. And you try again to just be. Now that's really hard. And one of the main pitfalls of centering prayer or meditation is to judge how many thoughts you had, how long you went on that whole thinking parade before you even realized that you were thinking and went back to your sacred word. And that is a common thing, but you can't judge it. You just got to let it be. Some days there's going to be tons of thoughts. Some days there are going to be no thoughts at all. Either way, nothing is good or bad. The whole point is that you're doing your best and you're, you sat down. Now, most people do centering prayer for 20 minutes at a time you know, a lot of people say I I meditate 20 minutes. So in this case, I'm going to use meditation and centering prayer as, you know, like a similar practice. And at the end, I will discuss how they are different. But right now, for the sake of like what you actually do when you are in centering prayer, let's think about it as well as meditation. When, you know, you do your, your 20 minutes, there's, there's a lot of people who can't do it. I remember when I first started I thought to myself, with a young child and pregnant, like it's very difficult for me to do 20 minutes at a time without my child interrupting me. And, you know, sometimes it was only two minutes that I would get done. But that's okay. You know, you just do what you can. But if you have the time, if you have the space, a lot of people do 20 minutes twice a day. I wish that I had that discipline. I'm not there yet. But when I do get there, it's going to be awesome. Well, when I started this practice, I read the book Open Mind, Open Heart by Thomas Keating. And it explains so much about what centering prayer is and why we do it. And in it, Father Thomas Keating explains that centering prayer is nothing new to the Catholic Church. Like it's been around forever. But after the first 16 centuries of the church's history, something happened. And, you know, it was after the Reformation that the kind of heritage of centering prayer as a tradition was lost. And there are a lot of reasons for that that I won't get into. You can read Open Mind, Open Heart if you want the whole history on why centering prayer was kind of banned from the Catholic Church. But, you know, now in the 20th century, with the advent of like kind of like cross-cultural dialogue and and meditation is a huge thing, whether it's Buddhist or Catholic or Hindu, like Everyone is coming around to this idea of meditation as a positive thing. There are scientific studies now about the positive effects of meditation on our brains and on our lives and on depression and, and cancer patients and all this kind of thing. It's more, it's widely accepted. And so centering prayer is kind of having a resurgence because like I said, it's kind of similar, but let's talk about the ways that they are different. Mostly. They're different because in centering prayer, let's say you have meditation, but let's add a different layer, a new layer to meditation, which is faith. So spiritually, what you're doing in centering prayer is you're kind of like resting in God. And I love that image of resting in God because it's hard for me sometimes to make the time to do centering prayer. You know, life goes by so fast. There's so many things to do and I just don't want to sit and, you know, spend 20 minutes being unproductive quote unquote, right. But I'm not being unproductive. Like I'm, you know, it's a date with God. And would you stand up your husband? No. Would you stand up your kids? No. Would you stand up your significant other or a friend that you really love? No. So why would you stand up God? And that has helped me to kind of make it a priority. But the idea of resting in God gives me so much relief. Just, just imagining it, just imagining that that's what I'm going to do. And the work of centering prayer is kind of to receive, you know, we spend a lot of time in prayer. We've been taught since we were little to talk to God. God, I'm so thankful for God. I would like this. I need help with this. Please help me see. And I do this all the time. You know, I, I've never been a big asker of things. I'm more like, bring me closer to you, God, or help me see your will. Like I talked about in the last episode, that's a big one for me. I've never been like, I really want to be successful. Help me. No, like, that's not my thing. That's cool if it's yours. But that's called discursive prayer. So talking, right? Like discourse, talking to God. And the way I think about centering prayer is kind of like listening. Now, he's not going to talk to you. (laughs) Like, please don't get me wrong, that God is not going to talk to you during centering prayer. But it's almost like you're silent, right? Because you're trying to quiet your thoughts and increase the space between thoughts. Let's, let's, think of it that way, but you're just kind of receiving. Now you might not understand what's going on during centering prayer, but there's spiritually a lot happening. Now, somebody told me once and explained it this way. It's kind of like surgery. When you go into surgery, you know, you have your anesthesia and you're out and the surgeons then operate on you and then close you back up. And when you wake up, You're made new, right? And it's a similar thing with centering prayer. It's like meditation, but with a spiritual layer on top. It says you believe that when you listen and rest in God, then when you're doing centering prayer, you are praying, but you are receiving the Holy Spirit and you are consenting to the Holy Spirit to come and be with you. For me, mentally, it's almost like, let's just hang out. I just want to hang out with God and rest in God. So it, it is in that way very different from meditation. So when I was reading Open Mind, Open Heart, there was a lot of talk of the false self. And for me, this was amazing because I've always been really interested in psychology. And suddenly there was something that was spiritual, but it was talking about the ego and I'm like, what? Like, wait a second. I've been talking and writing about the ego for years. And now you're telling me that there's something Catholic that does the same thing. Like I didn't know this existed, mind blown. And so I started reading more about this. And, and what happens is that Father Thomas Keating writes a lot about how as we grow up, we're kind of like, we have an emotional programming given to us by our parents, by society, by our culture, by our experiences, our peers and everything. And that creates kind of a false self. And the whole point, you know, in the false self, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of sin um, all the bad stuff. And the whole point of centering prayer is kind of to get through the false self to the true self, right? And so he says, you know, in open mind, open heart, he says the following about this. To act spontaneously under the Holy Spirit's influence rather than under the influence of the false self, the emotional programming of the past has to be erased and replaced. The practice of virtue is a traditional term for erasing the old programs and writing new programs based on the values of the gospel. And that's basically what you do with Centering Prayer because as you slow the ordinary flow of your thoughts and you consent to the Holy Spirit to come hang out, inside your heart, you start changing what you start noticing in the world and what you start experiencing. So like I mentioned, JJ was like, yeah, we have been getting along better. Like, what's up with that? And I'm like, well, I've been dismantling my false self. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) I could have said that, but that's not, um, he, he probably wouldn't have understood me. So it's true as you do more and more centering prayer. And if you're not Catholic and and not into that, if you do, you know, meditation, you'll start noticing that your experiences and your interactions start changing because you start letting in this new, like this new reality as you go dismantling your false self and stepping away from that false self that has been created by society or culture, your parents, when you were small, everything that they said to you, how they compared you to your other siblings, whatever it was that created all these false limiting beliefs in you. As you dismantle those by sitting down and slowing the flow of your ordinary thoughts, then you're kind of opening yourself to a new you. And as you create this new you or uncover the you that was always there, then you will change your reality and you'll start experiencing things that you never did before. Now in the centering prayer layer on top of the meditation, right? The spiritual level, you know, you, what they explain it as is the Holy Spirit will kind of speak to your conscious. It will speak to you through scripture or events in your daily life. And you'll be able to listen at more refined levels. You'll start understanding things on a different level. Now, you know, there are scientifically proven benefits of meditation, because in essence, you are doing a similar exercise. You know, there's stronger presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, greater peace, serenity, charity, humility, and you'll notice a change in your relationships. Probably first, that's probably the first thing you'll start noticing. You're more calm, more loving towards others, more patient. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but more patient than you were yesterday. And it's kind of like, the more you let go to God, the stronger the Holy Spirit's presence is going to be in your life. The stronger this new reality is going to show up in your life. Because you'll start to realize that your thoughts are not you, that your emotions are not you. You are not defined by your thoughts and your emotions. And as you start to connect more and more strongly to God, you'll see how things change. In my life, I feel it strongly as kind of like a softening. You know, I was always a very strong-willed person, very strongly opinionated. Not that I share my opinions with others, like I'm not the kind of person that's going to like in normal conversation be like you're wrong, I'm right. But, you know, internally, I judge. It's bad. I shouldn't do it, but <laughs> I do it. And I feel like with through centering prayer, God has kind of softened the edges of my personality. Not only has he granted me through Centering Prayer more peace of mind and serenity and patience, you know, the way with which I interact with my children changes when I'm practicing Centering Prayer consistently. My marriage, like I said. How I approach this project can, you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this, put myself out there, share this stuff where I know people can criticize. People, some Most people don't get it. That's okay. A lot of the times, you know, I think how amazing that I don't care, you know, how many people are listening or how many people are following. Of course I want people to listen, but because I want to be able to help them, not because I want my listener counts to be like super high, or I want my follower count to be super high. Like that doesn't matter to me anymore. And that is a grace of God. That is not like, I take no credit for that. You know, it's interesting, the mysteries of God and and how he, you know, he transforms us. I'm so grateful for it every single day. And You know, I'm grateful to be able to share Centering Prayer with you. Like, I'm not too confident about how good of a job I did here. You know, this is, I'm going on 22 minutes right now. And Centering Prayer, I mean, I spent days and days in a retreat on Centering Prayer. How do you summarize so quickly for somebody? But I did my best because we don't have days and days to go over it. But what I will do is include in the show notes... More details. If you're interested in centering prayer, I'll have some YouTube clips on Father Thomas Keating talking about centering prayer because he is so helpful. Some books by Father Thomas Keating. And everything that you know I've consumed on the topic. Um, but I will say that after a little bit of instruction, you just gotta start practicing. You know, I remember at the first retreat that I went to, it was not like half an hour into instruction that we started we did two minutes of centering prayer. Because the fruits come from the practice of Centering Prayer, by sitting down and doing it, not by learning about it. So I just wanted to give you a short introduction to what it is. And hopefully you, you know, you become interested in it and try it out. Try it out at home. Nobody's watching, you know, there's no way to do it wrong. Hopefully you just you end up feeling what I feel, which is not only so much serenity and peace and a different, like a softening on the edges of my personality, which is all true. But at the same time, you know, when I'm having a bad day or when I'm having a busy day, or the truth is every day that I'm having a day, I feel the desperate need to sit down and rest in God. And it gives me so much relief, so much consolation. It's like taking a deep breath. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful to have this practice to lean on. You know, I don't need anything to do it, just my own body. I just sit and I do it. And even if I only have two minutes, it's like a reset button. And you know, it has changed my life. So even if I did a bad job of explaining it, I'm sorry, I did my best. Um, I'm honored to be able to share it with you because it is such a big part of my life. And I hope that if you are interested, you'll check out the show notes. It'll be at kinpodcast.com slash 14. And I'll have some resources there in case you are interested in this awesomeness of a prayer. So thank you for listening. I really hope you'll tell me what you think if you try it out. If you're interested in centering prayer, I can do another episode on it in the future. And just let me know what you think. You know, you can leave us a review. Or a rating on iTunes. You can also hit me up on Instagram, kin the studio on Instagram. I'm also at kinpodcast.com. Like I said, kinpodcast.com slash 14 for this episode's show notes. And just let me know what you think. Really curious and happy to help in any way. If you think I should be doing something better, let me know. If I'm doing something well, let me know, because encouragement is gold to my soul right now. But, and always, thank you to Mario Callejas for providing the music to the show. You are the bomb, Mario. Search him on Spotify, Mario Callejas on Spotify. He's a good friend of mine. He was on the podcast episode three. If you want to check him out, he's brilliant. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kin Podcast, where we explore the intersections of parenthood and faith. This is Marcela, signing out.